everyone. Welcome back to the latest episode of The Writer's Haven. I am your host, Musu of Musu Writes. And we're having another really good conversation today. Um, Our guest is CEO and founder of Speaking to the Heart of the Hurting. Her name is Lakia Slaughter, and she has a great and powerful story to share. And we're pretty much touching on different topics, um, you know, transferring pain and testimony to the black and white in a, into a book and just going through the the process of getting your message out to folks you know a lot of times I do mention how important it is to make that decision on how you'll go about telling your story because a lot of us well all of us have a story to tell and how do you go about doing it and as you know over here we always encourage the power of writing so Lakia um, has a lot to offer as far as this episode goes. Um, with her being the um, founder of this special organization, she brings her own story of br- being a teen mom, going through a divorce, and going through a depression. Um, her first effort as an author is a joint effort with other authors, and the book is called No Test, No Testimony. And I will provide the information on where you can go and check out that book. Um, the book also features K.L. Belvin, who was a, a former guest on here, and we are planning to have him back soon. So be sure to check out the book. It is called No Test, No Testimony. And as always, thank you for your continued interest. Um, thank you for the new followers that we've made connections with. And if you want to connect with me, I'd be more than happy to. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle Musu Writes. Um, and if you want to be notified as soon as a new episode drops, just make sure you subscribe. We are available here on Podbean. We are also on Apple iTunes and Google Play. All right. So I hope everyone is doing great and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you and talk with you guys soon. Professional. It was way before becoming a professional in the human service sector or being an educator. It started when I was five years old, you know, a time when, you know, I should have been preparing for kindergarten. I was sexually abused at five. And through those years, I had just went through various types of trauma. My senior year of high school, I became a teen mom. And during that time, you know, it was difficult. A teen mom about to graduate from high school wanting to make sure I had a system set in place for my son. But before that time, you know, you had guidance counselors that might didn't give you the information that I should have received. Also um, receiving social services. Um, I'll never forget, you know, and I was grateful for programs like Upward Bound. Those type of programs were there for that support. So where I may not have went to college because I didn't know there were resources out there for me to go to college. Upper Bound was a program that assisted with giving that guidance. But I remember when I was in college and I had to get help with social services. And I remember getting help with daycare. And when I went to my case manager, he told me, how does it look? You make more than us. And the daycare grant. Mm. And I could have just took that and just said, you know what, I don't have the money, I'll just drop out of school. But what I did, I ended up using my loan to help me with daycare. And it was just so many different experiences that I had 
but I knew I had to make sure to do something to set that legacy up for my child and knowing how it felt when being talked to in that type of way, I was a person that did not always know how to communicate for myself. And Mm -hmm. I would often cry because I didn't know the words to say. And it was more, you know, sometimes when people would talk at you, not to you. And through that, I would be able to have those resources for other individuals so they wouldn't have to go through what I went through. Wow. So that was pretty much your your starting point um, as far as what you felt, um, how you could be in a position to help others. Yes. Wow. And, um, you know, that you know, with so much adversity, you know, being thrown at you at one time. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, some type of connection has to be made as far as, um, you and your purpose. So is it safe to assume that, um, you know, your purpose is to help a specific group of people or, you know, did you see it another way or can you provide more, a little more specifics about that? Yes. At that time, I wanted to help teens because I was a teen parent. I understood what it was with the parent, not always seeing eye to eye. So I wanted to create a program for teenage parents and their parents. And again, I went to an advisor of a business program at my school. And what he said is, um, what you can do is open up a daycare. That was not what I wanted to do. And when that happened again it was you know I felt like in a defeated state again but I did not stop there and I just continued and it went from me being in education you know at first I when I went to school I went to school to counsel you know so I just knew when I graduated I was going to be a counselor you know and God opened up the door where I began working in education I started out as a substitute teacher then I began Um, working as a special ed general ed curriculum. And then, like I said, I've worked in social service agencies and it was like, God kept putting me with the the children that normally the ones that's an alternative, the ones with the behavior problems, the ones with the anger, the ones that did not really know how to resolve conflict and then having to deal with those parents. So from that, it really just pushed me to really want to be able to help parents Mm -hmm and their children. And it wasn't until just, you know, before it was just more counseling and doing the education, but just really now just finding out I'm going right back to that childhood, those issues that I had not being able to communicate. I hope I answered your question. Oh, absolutely. Because um, I, you know, thank you for for um, getting specific with that, because um, that group of people that you just identified, you know, the, the, the teens, the single moms, the young moms, the teen parents, um, they get a bad rap. You know, a lot of the times when it comes to dealing with people in these types of situations, there can easily be a lack of understanding, especially if you're looking um, from a social worker's perspective, you know, or you're trying to use community-based resources. So with your message that you have and that you're helping people with, um, especially these folks that you just identified, uh, in what ways do you want your specific message to resonate with the people you've identified? I want them and I want you all to know that you're special. I want you all to know to continue to persevere because a lot of times 
It could be a situation because of what you were told when you were young, because of those things that you've seen in your past, you often may get angry. Sometimes you may turn to the alcohol or different things, or you may be dealing with different mental illnesses and you may just feel like you're by yourself. I want to just let you know that there's help out there and you're not alone. And even with children, a lot of times because of those generational behaviors and those generational curses, we carry what mama and uncle Tay Tay did. And Mm -hmm. now our children are dealing with the same exact thing. Um, Prime example today, I had a fifth grader, you know, and a student had called him slow, you know, and Mm -hmm. he began to believe that. And a lot of times we hold on to things and parents, you know, even you sometimes because of what you heard, you carry those same things to your children. And the main thing, they just want to be heard. They just want to know that you love them and that you care about them. And I want to just encourage you all to listen, you know, and before I can even ask you to listen to your children, listen to yourself. Yeah. Really get inside of that suitcase of those things that you've carried, that trauma, those different hindrance, those you know, the different setbacks that you may have had in life, whether it be education, and you may not have any of those issues. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we feel we don't have those issues, but a lot of times those issues are suppressed. And it's not until there's an explosive situation that we really start to deal with those things. So I would just like to say, you're not alone, you know, really seek help that's out there, call 211, you know, that central referral, even with the suicide. Suicide mm-hmm. has been prevalent, even with the pandemic that we had. A lot of this stuff was happening before the pandemic. Yes. But it just got worse. Mm-hmm. Because now it's more like an isolation where it could be, you could be enjoying being at home with your children, being able to talk. I know for myself, it was one of those things I really enjoyed being able to spend more time with my son, with my family. Because I, I was, you know, a lot of times we just be going. Mm-hmm. Times we just got to put on the brakes and really get with self because a lot of times we be on empty. Yes. And we be trying to serve everyone else. So I want you to serve you and serve your family and listen to your children when they come to you and say, you know, dad or mom, I, you know, I have something I want to talk to you. Let's not get in a tendency of hushing them. If you need a break, if you're on the phone, if you're doing something, just say, baby, can I get with you in a second? Mommy's busy. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise they'll go and they'll talk to someone else that may not be the best person for them. And you want to be able to be that outlet and to have an open space for your child to be able to come to you and be able to trust you because the children are dealing with a lot and they're dealing with a lot at a very young age. Absolutely. Um and thank you for that breakdown. You know, COVID, you know, that's been a roller coaster ride the past year. So I would like us to um, segue into the book, No Test, No Testimony. In times like these, looking back at 2020, can you um, tell us your role in this, um, in this written work? Yes, my role in the written work, pretty much, it just talked about me dealing with me. You know, as I had just said, some of the things for parents, I was that parent who was just going, 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 you know, taking my son to activities. And it it was just, I was tired. I was drained. But during the COVID, despite everything, I had to just get in that still place, you know, and in me being still, it was meditating, you know, me speaking affirmations, me Mm -hmm. investing in myself. A lot of times I was pouring into everybody else. 
but I was on empty. And a lot of times that's what happens. We're smiling, but on the inside, we're empty. So it was just being still, sometimes having to drown out the noise, you know, and a lot of that was me, you know, being distracted by the Facebook, the social media, even conversations. So it was like, sometimes I had to just get in that quiet place. And even in that quiet place, sometimes just listening to music, listening to worship, you know, listening to the service. And then also with responding, it was like, I was able to really deal with me in responding. It's not always what they say. Yes. But how we respond, you know, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, but, you know, it, you just hit some really good points there. Would you say that your biggest challenge, you personally, your biggest challenge in 2020 was self-care? Or would you say yes. it was something else? Okay. That was, yes. And and it was like, I, and, I, and, that, and, and the pandemic was necessary. Mm. I truly felt it was necessary because it gave me time for me because when I say I was empty, I, w- I was drained, you know, and it was like in that time, I had to learn how to set boundaries. I had to learn how not to make myself available for everyone. I had to learn how to say no. And no, when I said no, it was okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to explain why I was saying no. Also, it was important to, to continue to be sensitive. It was one of the things that I found myself letting individuals know how important it was to just be sensitive. I remember an individual was on Facebook stating how they wanted to take their life. And, you know, I reached out to check on them and I actually mediated between the crisis service and them. And my heart broke because Mm. a lot of times we tell people, you know, you will live and not die, you know, call the suicide hotline, but this person called and they didn't pick up and they hung up. So I is it okay for me to mediate for you? So I caught the number and I held on and, you know, just, you know, facilitated the call and did the check-in, you know, so it's important to not be so caught up with what we're going through. Yeah. To be sensitive and to have a heart for other people. And it also pushed me to want to be educated even the more on how I can help individuals. And it's been times where I had experienced a person about to jump off of a train and I walked right in front of them and said, your life is more than that. But a lot of times we have to realize it's not all about us. That's right. We may wake up at a certain time just to be able to be there for someone Mm -hmm. and also educate in the mental. One of the things for me was, I remember it was from years, years ago. I didn't realize when I was getting those headaches or feeling the heart palpitations that that was that depression and that anxiety. And it was Mm -hmm. like, when I saw those onsets during the pandemic, those were times that I listened to myself and even myself, like I tell everyone else, talk to counselor. I talk to my counselor. So we have to be able to really take time for ourselves to invest. And even with the business, I pushed more than I ever did and really, you know, get in the business in line and everything like that. And continue to just pray and those broken shattered pieces that I had you know because a lot of times when you win the quiet places when you're in those type of pandemics those triggers come of course. and there's triggers that you often don't even know that's there right so that's one of the things that I really just touched inside of the portion of the book for myself is just dealing with me speaking life to Lakia you know when I would do speaking engagements you know I say I'm a queen. I am a king. God will be what I desire. But Lakia wasn't saying it to herself. Mm. So 
I had to just really be intentional and take time for me, really be intentional and set routines in place for me, you know, even with my son in school, you know, it was difficult at home, the technology, you know, all of those things played a part, you know, so being mommy and also, you know, being there for self and still trying to be there for other people, but putting myself first and just really allowing God to lead and guide me. Absolutely. And one great point you made was, uh, you know, you realizing that um, it's not about us. There are people going through serious, serious issues, um, you know, compared to, you know, what we're going through. So I was I wanted to jump in and say, you know, say that part louder for the people in the back. But, you know, (laughs) yes, yes. It is not about us. It's not about us. It's not just, you know, that because it especially if you if you're in a position of of helping people or, you know, you're in the, the mental health arena. Um, you're seeing all types of things pop up over the past year and you've learned, you know, and you, you can please provide input or if you agree, you've learned that, um, you know, how resourceful you are as a person. You didn't, may not have realized it before, but, you know, I think as caregivers, you, you really, we really learned how to dig deep these past 12 months. Specifically, um, you know, so many things have happened. It's bad enough that the the COVID situation um, came. You had so many other things happening over the past year that are still going on. And whatever issue was going on within family or between family members got heightened, you know, by, by, by 20 times more, you know, being in the house and all that stuff. So um with that, you know, you dealt with helping folks out, but at the same time, you were realizing where you, your levels were at as far as resilience, as far as faith. So I'm curious to know um, if you ever had episodes of, well, you, you pretty much described that, you know, you had episodes of self-doubt. How did you maneuver your way through those moments of self-doubt? just continuing to speak, I can do this, you know, because a lot of times I would find myself, you know how you could just be so close mm-hmm. and you allow that self-sabotage to come yeah, in that self-defeat. And I would just say, even through this time, like I said, I just got really intentional with the business and finding out I was a lot further. A lot of times, you know, doing all of that second guessing, but you're a lot further than you think. But a lot of times I was holding myself back and it was like I had to just really step on it and really speak to my like doing a lot of talking to myself you know and just that scripture Proverbs 3 5 and 6 all in all thy ways acknowledge him he would direct my you know thy path and every time I would find myself in those I would have to speak what God says yes um, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And with the, the book, can you talk a little bit more about, um, you know, you did a great, you gave us great background information on the book. So moving forward, um, do you have additional goals in mind as far as the, you know, the type of outreach you want to do with the book, No Test, No Testimony? Yes, I would like to just create courses around oh, wow. that to just really encourage individuals, you know, to let them know we're going to have tests, but in it, there's still a testimony that's going to come out. It was a collaborative book, you know, with 
other authors and I was grateful to have been a part of that, you know, but it's just one of those things to just know that we will get through this. Absolutely. We are not by ourselves and just continuing to hold on to the faith despite what may be going on, even in that book, just talking about grief. That was another thing that I had learned is that grief. And I learned to not ask people how you're doing, mm. but now it's checking on you. Mm. You know, words, so, words are very important. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I would like to do is just, you know, just continue, just continue. Absolutely. And so with, um, with talking about grief, um, just very quickly, what do you think is one thing that people misunderstand the most about grief? Cause people have experienced that a lot this past year. What do you think is one thing that's often overlooked when it comes to understanding it? They don't realize their stages mm. and they realize that it does not happen overnight. And they don't realize that it's okay to feel the way they feel. Um, I know a family, you know, you know, the mother may feel different than the child that, you know, the children feel. And some people may feel that they have dealt with grief and grief is not just the loss of a person. It could be a job. It could be a relationship. It can be so many components, but I think a lot of people don't realize the importance of getting help or seeking counseling and knowing that you're not crazy for feeling the way that you're feeling. Right. And um, thank you so much for that because uh, people don't realize the stages of grief and they don't realize how everyone, there's no right or wrong way to grieve. So everyone is different. So um, yeah, thank you so much for um, giving us information on this, this book. It seems like a very powerful book with a very powerful message. I was interested in knowing um, your thoughts as far as the, the rest of the year of this specific year is concerned. <laughs> are things going to continue to get worse before they get better? Or are we heading, um, are we heading into greener pastures now? What are your thoughts on that? I pray it gets better. I just truly believe it. It's all about our mindsets. You know, there's so many different things going on. I see even with the George Floyd case, it, it brings back that hurt and that pain. There's people that's still losing their lives. The COVID is still going on. Yes. You know, it's like all we can do is pray, but then also we have to be safe. We have to be intentional because yeah, we can pray but we got to fast too. And we have to make sure we're doing what we need to do about it. We got to make sure we're educating ourselves and we have to make sure that we're educating our community as well. Thank you so much for that. Um, I think it's important, um, you know, with the words that you provided, they're encouraging. Um, And because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we we don't really know, we can only rely on that, uh, that spiritual aspect of it in so many ways. So and it's faith is so important these days. I don't, you know, I I just have to say for those who don't have an area or a realm of faith, I I don't I don't know how they're doing it. Um, it, Because it's pretty much, it's pretty much impossible to get through, you know, these different challenges that we're being faced with. So uh, I, I do um, appreciate that. And, you know, just to, to close things out, um, I always love to ask, um, you know, any words of, and you've, you've pretty much done that this, this whole episode, but um, as far as people who 
you know, are trying to find their way, um, whether they want to, you know, use the, the world of writing to share their story. Um, what, what are important starting points for them, you know, in order to start that journey and make that impact that they're looking to make? I would say just be you in your writing. It may just be a thought and you may feel I I can't write. Everybody writes different, but I want to let you know, you have a message that people need to hear and they need to hear your story. So just take the steps, reach out to Musu or, you know, any other, you know, author programs or publisher programs and just like join groups, but just write your thoughts down, you know, and get connected because writing brings healing. Yes. And as you begin to write, it releases you. And as you're releasing, you're releasing to that paper and it's birthing healing, not only for you, but it's, it's, it's healing for other people. As yes, well. absolutely. And, you know, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, you know, once you put those words on paper and you're sharing it with people, it's so powerful to see the connection being made. If someone, when someone says, you know, I can really relate to what you're saying or, you know, your, your works, your word, um, your written words made me think about A, B, and C. You know, you, you open so many doors that you didn't even realize were there. So, yeah, that's very true um, with what you're saying as far, especially when it comes to keeping your own voice, you know, being true to yourself, just being yourself. Um, that's very important. So I do thank you for that. Um, Lakia, if folks are interested in contacting you and getting connected with you, can you let us know how they can go about doing that? Yes, you can go to my website, speaking to the heart of the hurting.com. Or you can email me at speaking to the heart of the hurting at gmail.com. All right. Thank you so much for that. And Lakia, I do want to thank you so much for um, coming on the Writer's Haven today, uh, sharing uh, sharing with us um, your, your book, your collaborative effort, uh, No Test, No Testimony. I am sure that it is a very powerful read. And the book is available on Amazon or is it available on your website? Yes, it's available on my website. And I do want to give props to Pastor Cheryl. She is the visionary mm. of the book. And there was, you know, six of us collaborative that's in the book. And I would just say, get in this book. It's going to hit so many different areas in your life. So it's dealing with grief. It's dealing with the pandemic. It's dealing with job. It's just dealing with so many different things that we all experience during the pandemic. So it's definitely a great, great read, but I wanted to definitely give props to visionary Pastor Cheryl. All right. Awesome. And then as far as moving forward um, with your own platform, are there plans for your own individual book? Yes, that yes, I would love to do my <laughs> own book. Yes. All right. Well, you got to make sure you, you come on back once that's done so we can talk about that as well. Yes, I was glad to be back. All right, Lakia, thank you so much for for coming on. And um, we enjoyed your your time. So I hope you enjoyed it.